love the Lord this morning and thank him for his spirit today. He's been good to us this morning. Hallelujah, we glorify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful for our leadership in this church. Pastor for Bishop. And I'm thankful for you. You are great people. You are. We, we got issues. We got problems. But don't let the devil ever come in and make you confused about who this body is. This is a great church. It's a church of destiny. God's going to accomplish everything that he said he was going to do said God's going to accomplish everything that he said that he was going to do. I believe that this morning. I believe that this morning. You're about to see something unexplainable. Pastor just got done talking about God doing things that are unexplainable. You're looking at something that's unexplainable. I was thinking about this morning. I woke up Friday morning. The second my eyes opened up. That song, and I'm not even gonna try to sing because guess what? Influenza's back. I'm not sick. I might sound like it. I am not contagious. I'm not sick. I sound worse than I feel. I feel pretty good, but COVID's on its way out, and influenza, influenza's coming behind it. And uh, I gotta tell you something. It's, it's, I think it's angry that COVID. Uh, took the spotlight the last couple of years because, boy, that was rough. I asked my wife. I almost died about three or four times. But I'm here. I feel good. And God is here. And that's all that matters, right? He is here. God is here. And I forgot. I started talking about that. I forgot what I was saying. That's all right. Luke four, 15 and chapter number 4. Luke 15, chapter 15, and verse number 4. Oh, I remember what I was thinking. There we go. I woke yes. I woke up Friday morning in that song, All My Life You Have Been Faithful. All my life, you've been so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And I, I told my wife, I said, I look back at my life. I text her this Friday morning. I said, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. When I look at all the nonsense and the goofy stuff that I've done, and I see where God has brought me and how he has been faithful and he has kept his hand upon me, And it, it just hit me Friday morning. It just hit me. I don't belong here in the sense of, 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 of what man says. 
my wife and one of my kids, the other one's there, but are downstairs. I, I, I told her, I said, you know, I should be strung out on drugs and alcohol. I should be alone. I should be in a grave somewhere or in a prison cell somewhere. But the grace of God, the mercy and the grace of God on my life. Pastor just said, there's things God does that you can't explain. I look back over my life and I look at where I've come from and where I am and I'll be honest with you, I can't explain it. All I can say is that he's been faithful. All I can say is that he's been good. Come on, all that I say that his mercies are made new every morning. I'm thankful this morning. I'm thankful this morning. Luke chapter 15 and verse number four, the Bible says, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which was lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons with no, with no need for repentance. I'm going to go back to that little statement that he says. He says, when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I've come this morning with a very simple message, a very simple title this morning, and that simple title is Come Join the Party. Come join the party this morning. Come on, there's a party that wants to happen in heaven this morning, and I've come with an invitation for somebody to come and join the party. Come on, somebody lift him up one more time in this place. Oh, we bless your name, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord, in this place. We glorify you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can go ahead and be seated in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. If you go on a little further in this chapter, Jesus begins to tell another parable, a parable that we all most have, most of us in here have probably heard. In, in Luke chapter 15 and, and verse 11, and, and this is going to be a little lengthy reading, but we're going to read through it here. He said, then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. We see here, we see a person that came from a place of privilege. We see a, 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 a son who came uh, from a place of wealth. He came from a place uh, where he had everything that he wanted at his fingertips. Anything that he needed, anything that he wanted, his father had it there for him. But something got inside that boy 
boy and he said, hey, I'm tired of living here. I want to go do it on my own. There's something that happens uh, in us guys that we start getting, I'm starting to see it in my son, about 14, 15 years old, uh, you get to that place where you know everything. You know how the world works. You know what needs to be done, and you know how to take care of it. And you know how to do it. Well, that's what this boy came to. He came to that place. He said, Dad, I know what I'm doing. I know what I want to do. I want all my inheritance right now. And the father looked at him, and he, the Bible says that he gave it to him. A few days after he had received his inheritance, all that money, all that stuff, he said, all right, I've got everything that I need. Now I'm going out on my own. I'm striking out on my own. I'm going to do things the way that I want to do them, the way that I think they need to be done, the way that I want to do them, the way I see things. It's a very dangerous place when you start saying, I don't see it that way. I think. I want. My, me, I a very dangerous place to be in. It's a very dangerous place to live in. That place of me, that place of mine, that place of I, that place of what I want to do. Self-will, the Bible calls it iniquity. That place of saying, I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. And the Bible says that this young man came to that place and, and he went out and, and everything was good for a while. He was partying, he was having a good time. Right about the time that all his money was gone, guess what happened? The Bible says a famine came on the land. Something that happens when you begin to, to dabble and live in a place of sin. Everything seems okay for a while. Everything seems all right for a while. It seems like things are going good for a while. And, and, and oh, I, I'm okay. Everything's all right. I, I'm doing things the way that I want to do them. And, and everything seems to be going okay. I've seen it time and time again where people get to a place where, where they get sideways about something that happened in the church or, or they get their feelings hurt about something that the pastor said to them he did or didn't do or our brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so didn't come and talk to me and, and shake my hand and, and a spirit of offense gets somewhere deep inside of them and they get sideways and, they, and, and it becomes about I and they didn't do it for me and, and mine and, and, and that's what it becomes and, and they get sideways and they walk out on God. And for a moment, it looks like everything's okay. Now, in the world that we live in, the society that we live in, we got social media. There's social media posts every day of them smiling and having a good time. I'm living my best life. Everything looks okay on the surface. But if you look down inside of them, behind every one of those smiles, there's pain. Behind every one of those smiles and those pictures of them supposedly having a good time, there's a place of emptiness. There's a place where they're, they're hurting and they're longing for that thing that they walked away from. And they're trying to find it out there in this world. I remember somebody one time told me, made a statement to me, and they didn't mean anything by it, but... They were talking about some things that had happened, and I, I, I for some reason, I said, I, I don't remember that. And uh, I was like, you know, I, don't, I remember why. It's because I wasn't, I wasn't going to church at that time. I wasn't. And they said, oh, yeah, you were out. That's when you were out having fun. And I remember looking at them, and I didn't say anything to them. But the thought in my mind was, if you would have known, if you only knew 
the misery and the pain, the heartache, the suffering. You wouldn't for one second think that anything out there is fun. I mean, young people, listen to me right now. I don't care what they, what they offer you out there. I don't care what it looks like. It's going to leave you broken. It's going to leave you empty. It's going to leave you hurting. It's going to leave you longing for something that you will never, ever find out there. So this boy, he comes and he comes to this place and, and all that he has, all he spent everything that he had. And a famine arises and the Bible says that this, this, this kid, he's in a place where he once came from wealth and good things and all this stuff. And now he finds himself out in the, in the field with a bunch of pigs, feeding pigs. And the only thing that he has to eat is the same thing that he's feeding those pigs. He's, he's reached rock bottom. He's reached rock bottom. And the Bible says that he came to himself and he said, how many of my father's higher servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And it says, and he arose and came to his father. And, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And he said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He was broken. He, not, he, he was ready to give up his identity. He thought everything that he once had was gone. All hope in this kid's life was gone. He said, I've, I've, I've spent all that my father gave me. All my, my inheritance is gone. And I'm not even worthy to be called his son anymore. But if I can just go to my dad's house and I can just be a servant, at least I have something to eat. He was willing to throw away every dream that he once had. His family name that once he was, was on him. This, the Bible says that this man, if we look at the way that the way the Bible talks about it, he, he seems that this man was a wealthy man. So his name was probably known in the land. People knew who he was. People knew whose kid that was. He said, I, I, I'm ready to give all that up. It does not matter to me anymore. All his hopes, his dreams were gone. He had thrown them all away. Sin had taken them and battered them and thrown them away. He said, I'm not even worthy to be called your son anymore. But if I can just find a place here that I can work, somewhere I can be a servant, somewhere where I can get a, something to eat, I just, I just want to be a, a servant. But look what the father said. He said to his, he, the father of the Bible says that, that uh, make me like one of your hides first. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion around him. Father, I've sinned against you and heaven in your sight no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry for this, my son, 
was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And the Bible says that they begin to make merry. That boy came broken and defeated. He had thrown away every dream that he had. But when he came back to his father, the Bible says that his father saw him a long way off. He didn't even wait for that boy to get to him. But the Bible says that he ran to that son. He ran to him. The first thing that he did, he established who he was. He said, no, 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 no. Stand up. Go get him a robe. Go get him sandals. Get him the ring that has the family crest on it and put it on his hand. He said, my son. He said, my son. That boy came back saying, I just want to be a servant. But his father looked at him and he called him, you are my son. I've come to tell somebody this morning, I don't care how far you're gone. I don't care how low you've gone. You might feel like everything is lost and there's no hope. But I've come to tell you this morning that the father is waiting for you to make a move. And if you'll come to your senses and rise up and say, I got to go back to my father's house. He's standing standing here with a robe. He's standing here with sandals. He's standing here with that family ring and he wants to call you son. He wants to call you daughter this morning. There's no one that's too far from the goodness and the grace of God. The Bible says that they begin to throw a party. And the party was so wild and so loud and that his elder son that was out working in the field, as he began to walk back to the house, after a long day's work, he's hearing all this noise and this ruckus. He asked somebody, he said, hey, what's going on down there? The servant said to him, he said, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But look at the next verse. He said, but he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And that father looked at him and he said to him, son, you're always with me. And all that I have is yours. It was your right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is now is found. The Bible says that there was such a celebration in that house that the elder brother that came from the field heard it a long ways off. There was such joy in that father's house over the fact that his son that was lost was now found. There was such joy in that house. There was such a party going on that it could be heard a long way off. And, the, and that elder son was mad because he said, I've been here this whole time and you've never thrown a party for me. You got to be careful about your attitude. He looked at him, he said, he said, son, everything that I have belongs to you. Anytime you wanted to throw a party, you could throw a party. 
Anytime you want to call your friends over here and, and kill one of these calves and, 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 and throw yourself a party, come on and throw yourself a party like nobody's seen. It all belongs to so you can do whatever you want. But now that your brother has returned, we're going to party. So you can sit out there and sulk and be mad if you want to, but in here we're going to have a party. I've come to tell somebody that you can get caught up in your hurt feelings, you can get caught up in your attitudes, you can get caught up in what this is going on and who's doing this and this person ain't right and this person ain't right and, and she's supposed to be doing that and he's supposed to be doing this and, and get all caught up in your feelings and God will let you sit there and sulk while the rest of us have a part. I've come to tell somebody, though, you don't have to sit there and complain. You don't have to sit there and be, be worked up and, and, and tied up and all that stuff. I've come to tell somebody, I don't care if you, the first time you've been in church and you were, you were God knows where last night or, or if you were in prayer meeting last night and you've been here for, since, since you were born and you, you were born in the church and you've walked with God all your life and you've never sinned. I've come to invite everybody that wants to come. Come on, I've come to invite anybody that wants to come. Come on, God's throwing a party. And he's saying, if you want to come, you can come. If you want to get involved with what I'm doing, you can get involved with what I'm doing. Come on, it doesn't matter your educational level. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. God's saying anybody that wants to come, you're invited to come to the party. Anybody that wants to get involved, he said you're invited to get involved with the party. He said, you can come. In Matthew 21, 28 through 31, and I'm not going to read all this, the Bible, Jesus tells another parable. He talks about two sons. And the first son, he said, he said, come and work today in my vineyard. And, and the son said, the first son, he said, uh, I, I'm not going to go. He said, I'm not going to go. I, I, I got other things to do. I don't feel like doing that. I, I don't want to go. The Bible says, then he came to his second son. And he told him the same thing. He said, come on, come work in my vineyard today. And, and, and the second son, he said, I'm going to go, sir. He said, all right, father, I'm ready to go. Let's go. But the Bible says that somewhere along the line, he changed his mind. The Bible says that he didn't go. But the first one, somewhere he had said, no, not today. Not today. I don't want to do it today. But somewhere in his heart, something changed. He said, you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm ready to get involved with what God's doing. I've changed my decision. I, I know I put it off for a long time, and, and I said no, but, but God, today there's something in me that, that I'm tired of saying no to you, God, but I'm, I'm ready to say yes this morning. I'm ready to say yes to your will. I'm ready to say yes to what you have for me in my life. And, the, and Jesus asked him, he said, which of the two did the will of his father? And they said unto him, the first. And Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots entered the kingdom of God before you. You might feel like you didn't have it all together this morning. 
you might feel like that you've made a lot of bad decisions and you've made a lot of bad choices and you've maybe there's been years that God has dealt with you and, and pulled on your heart and said, come on, come on, come on. I've got a work for you to do. I've got something for you to do. I need you to get involved with the party that's going on. I've invited you to the party, but you said, no, not today, Lord. I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to go today, God. I, I've got other things going on. I've got, got other issues in my life. I've got things happening, but there's something in you today that says, you know what, God, I, I, I've looked everywhere else. I, I, I've, I, I've gone and did my own thing, God, and, and I know I told you no. God, I know that I said no to you, but there's something in me this morning that says yes. There's something in me this morning that says, God, I want what you've got for me. God, I know I've been running from you, Lord, but I want what you've got for me this morning. And that father, he didn't say, no, you said no, so you can't come. Jesus said, he said, which one of those two did the will of the father? He said, the first one. Yeah, he said no. I don't know what his reason was. Maybe he was lazy. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he just had a bad attitude that day. Something changed in his heart. He said, you know what? I know I said no, but I was wrong, and I... God, I want to be involved with what you're doing. God, I want to get involved with what's happening. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I'm ready to work in your vineyard, Lord. And the father said, all right, come on. Come on. Another parable that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 20. We won't read all this. You don't have to pull this up, Sister Bliss. Matthew 20, verse 1 through verse 15, if you want to leave it, read it on your own. But the Bible talks about Jesus says, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. And the Bible, Jesus said, he said, this landowner went out early in the morning. He said, I've got, I've got some work that needs to be done today. And there were some guys standing out there and said, oh, we'll, we'll work, we'll work. I said, all right, I'm going to pay you this much. Oh, that's good. That's a good deal. Yeah, we'll go. We got it. We'll go work. The day goes on. And he sees, hey, there, there's a lot of work out here to be done. So he goes back out to the same place. He said, hey, I've got more work out here. I need, I need some more help. Is there anybody else that wants to come and help? Some more guys. Yeah, we'll help. He's, All right, I'm going to pay you this much. Oh, that, yeah, that's a good, that's a good deal. This went on a few times where the, the landowner went out and he found more people to come and help until finally the Bible says at the last hour he went out again and he said, hey, I need some more help. I'll pay you this much. And they said, oh, that's a good deal. We'll go. And then when the time come at the end of the day when he called everybody in he began to pay people their money here I, this is what I told you. We'd, this is what I told you I'd pay you, right? Yeah, yeah. Those guys that got their money, the first guys, they got their money. Oh, yeah, look, I got my paycheck. I'm going to be eating good tonight. Then those guys that came like two hours after them, they went and got theirs. They kind of looked over. Hey, this guy's got the same amount of money I got. That's kind of messed up. And then the other, the second group of guys come through, they get their paycheck. Like, well, let, me, let me check out their paycheck. 
hey, man, they got the same amount of money that I got starting the day off. And these guys that came and worked an hour at the end of the day, they got their paycheck. And they come through and they get their paycheck and they're looking at Thursday. All right, man, this guy's got the same. I worked all day long and he got paid the same amount of money that I got paid. And they went to the landowner, and the Bible says they begin to complain to him and say, hey, we worked all day long, and we got paid this much. Yeah. What did we agree to at the beginning of the morning? Well, what you paid us. Exactly. So, but they, these people got, they got just as much as we did. That ain't, and the landowner looks at him and says, no, no, no. He said, that's my money. I can give that to whom I want, how much I want. And see, those people that started working at the end of the day got paid the same amount of money that those that started at the beginning of the day got paid. And I'm telling you right now, I, I, I was talking to somebody else about this. I think it was at the Jones' small group we were talking about this. God has a way of taking things that you thought that you lost, time that you thought that you lost, that you would never get back. You say, you know what, I didn't get to start at the beginning of the day. Maybe I wasn't there. Maybe I didn't show up on time. Maybe I wasn't in my right mind in a place that I could work at that time when, when you called the first group in. And maybe I missed the second group calling too. And maybe I missed that third group calling it. And now it's the end of the day and there's only an hour left and I'm looking and you're calling it and I'm looking to myself and I'm saying, you know what, I'm, I lost a lot of time. I lost this whole day's time. I lost a lot of, a lot here. But the, 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 the master and the, and the owner of the land says, no, just come on. You just come on and come and work. You just come and get involved with what I'm doing. And I'm telling you, at the end of the day, those guys that came in the last were paid the same as those that came in the front. God has a way of taking that time that you lost, that, that stuff that, that the enemy came and stole from you, that time that he came and took away from you, and you feel like you can't get it back. There's nothing that you can do to get it back. God has a way of taking all that stuff and restoring Storing the thing that the enemy stole from you and taking the time and those years that you thought were lost. He said, you don't worry about yesterday. You don't worry about what you did yesterday. You don't worry about what you missed. You just get involved with what God's doing and he'll take care of the rest. Don't worry about the things that you failed at. Don't worry about the things that you're short, those things that you don't have. You just get involved. Somebody just needs to say yes to him this morning. Somebody just needs to say yes to the call of God this morning. God wants to do something in your life. God is able to, to destroy every yoke. God is able to destroy every bondage. He can take every depression. He can take every sickness, every disease off of you, everything that the enemy has piled upon you, everything that sin has brought into your life. God has a way of breaking every curse. The anointing will destroy every yoke that's upon your life this morning. One of the first things that happens when I get an invitation to a party, I want to know, well, what's going on at this party? 
What's happening in this party? Where, where's this party at? What are, we, what are we doing at this party? I'm not just trying to show up to a party just because it says there's a party. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17 that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I've come to tell somebody that the party that they're throwing out there ain't going to leave you with nothing but brokenness. It's going to leave you nothing but empty. It's going to leave you nothing but loss. But the Bible says that the God said the party that I'm throwing in here, it's righteousness and it's peace and it's joy in the the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 1, he says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The party that's happening here, there is power involved in it. Come on, this ain't just just exercise. This ain't just some social club that we're asking you to be a part of. But there is power when the Spirit of God begins to work in your life. Come on, the Bible said the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When you get God inside of you, I don't care what the world's deposited in you. I don't care what the world's put in you. I don't care what the world's weighed you down with. There is something that greater that comes inside of you that is greater than anything that the world can come against you with. In Hebrews chapter 13, Verse 5 and 6, he said, let your conversation be without covenants and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say that the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. Pastor already talked about it earlier. There's a lot of junk that's going on in the world. There's a lot of stuff that's happening around you. But I've come to tell somebody, if you come in and get involved with the party that God's throwing, he said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. You don't have to be afraid of what's going on around you. Come on, you might have been living in fear. You might have been living in fear of what's happening in the world. You might have been living in fear what's happening on your street or in your home, but I've come to tell somebody this morning, if you'll get involved with what God has for your life, he said, you don't have to be afraid of what men can do to you. He said, I'll be there with you. It doesn't matter who's forsaken you. Some of you, the the enemy has left you alone. Come on, you've had friends, you've had family forsaken you. You felt all alone, but God said, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll always be with you. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, he said, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, in verse through 30, he said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. You might be just just wore out this morning. It might feel like the enemy in the world has just beat you down and you are just broken and wore out. But Jesus is saying this morning, come unto me. Come unto me. If you're, if you're labored, if you're heavy laden, come unto me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God wants to make an exchange this morning with you.
You've been carrying a lot of things in your life. You've been beat down by a lot of things, but God's saying, I want to make an exchange with you. It's the very scripture. It's in Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1 through 3. Jesus, he stood in, in the middle of the synagogue and he read this scripture. But the Bible says the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He's to, he, he's to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. This morning I've come to talk to somebody if you're poor, if you're brokenhearted, if you are captive, if you are bound, I've come to tell you that there is someone here that can set you free. There is someone here that can put you back together. There is someone here who can open the prison doors in your life and set you free. He said, I've come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who are mourned, to counsel those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. He said, I know all you've got are ashes. I know all you've got is mourning. I I know all you've got is that spirit of heaviness. I know you don't have anything to give to me. He said, but if you'll just give it to me, I'll take those things. He said, I'll, I'll take that, that those ashes and I'm going to return to you beauty. He said, I'll take that morning and I'll give to you the oil of joy. He, he said that, that I'm going to take your spirit of heaviness and I'm going to give you a garment of praise. He said, I'm going to plant you. Be called a tree, be called the trees of righteousness. There's some people in here that you've been called a lot of things. Your family's called you a lot of things. This world has called you a lot of things. Your friends, your so-called friends, have called you a lot of things. They labeled you with a lot of things. But Jesus says, hey, I've got something I want to label you as. It doesn't matter what this world has called you. He said, I, I, I know who you are, and I've got something that I want to call you. I want to call you a tree of righteousness. Everyone is invited. In Revelations 22 and 12 through 17, it said, Behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, they have, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. So those are the people that are outside. Those are the people that are outside. Paul wrote about that too. He, he made a list of all these things and he said, and such were some of you. He said, one time you were standing on the outside, but now you're on the inside. He said, these are the people that are standing on the outside. But he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches and I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star and the spirit and the bride says, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts 
come. Whoever desires, let him take the, the water of life freely. He said, my spirit is calling and, and the calling is come. Come to the party. Come to what I have for you. That's the calling of the Spirit this morning. If you want to hear the voice of God, if you want to know what God is saying to you this morning, I've come to tell you what God's saying. He's saying, come. Come. You say, but you don't know where I was at last night. It doesn't matter. The Spirit's saying, come. He said, He said, I, I, I don't, you don't understand all the issues in my life. It doesn't matter. The Spirit of God is saying, come on, come on, come on, come on. There is something that's drawing you this morning. Peter began to preach the day of Pentecost. And he began to preach the multitude that was there, and he told them how they had crucified the King of Glory. He began to tell them how wretched and wicked they were and, and the things that they had done. And, and the Bible says that they were pricked in their heart. There was something that, that, that stung in their heart at the words that they heard. Bible says that they, now when they heard this, Acts 2, 37, he said, and when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? He said, all right, Peter, you've told us about our issue. You've told us about how we're broken and we're in sin and we're lost and, and we're dying and, and, and all this stuff that we have done and, and, and we've become convicted in our heart. And he says, what do we got to do? You might be looking at me this morning and say, all right, preacher, you said I'm invited to the party. You, you've said I've got all these things waiting for me, but, but how, do I get, how do I get in? What do I got to do? What do I need to do? The Bible says Jesus stood up and he said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as the many as the Lord our God shall call. I've come to tell you this morning the promise is for you. God is still calling this morning to you. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've been involved with. God's saying, come home. Come get involved with what I'm doing. Come join the party that's going on. I've got something more for you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give for the next 10 minutes, and I'm wrapping it up. I'm going to give a real quick Bible study for those that may be wondering, what do I got to do? John chapter 3 and verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saying to them, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. I've come to tell somebody this morning, the Bible says you must be born again. You must be born again.
Jesus told another parable in the Bible where he talked about the, 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 a man came and he threw a great feast and he, there was a there was a, a, a wedding for his son and he went and tried to get his friends to come and said, no, we got other things going on. And they went and tried to get these people. No, we can't go. And finally he said, go out to the highways and the byways and anybody you can find, bring them in. The Bible said they went and they got everybody, everybody they could find. And the master of the house looked out and he, he saw this one guy that was there and he didn't have on a wedding garment. He said, hey, why don't you have a wedding garment on? And the man looked, well, you invited me. So I just came. He said, yeah, I invited you, but you gotta, there's something you've got to do. There's something that you have to do. You've got to get prepared for what I'm doing. You've got to have that wedding garment on. The Bible says that he was thrown into outer darkness. And he said there's many that are called, but few are chosen. There's a calling that's going forth this morning. I've been talking about it for the last 30 minutes. God's calling you. God's calling you. God's calling you. But I've come to tell somebody, you've got to make a decision this morning. Say, you know what? I've heard the calling of God. And it's not enough for me just to hear the calling of God, but I've got to respond to him. And I've got to to say yes because I don't want to just be a called, but I want to be one of the ones that are chosen. Jesus begins to talk more, a little more to Nicodemus. He said, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it comes and whether it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus was, was telling him, this is what it's going to be like when you're born of the Spirit. He said, if you're going to enter into the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born of the Spirit. You know, there's a big thing. Well, I was born this way. or I, You know, i got an Irish temper. Or I've got this or I've got that and all this stuff. But the Bible says, hey, it doesn't matter how you were born. You've got to be born again. I don't care that your hang-ups, what you were born with. Jesus says, hey, you've got to be, if you're going to be part of the kingdom, that old man's got to die and you've got to be born again. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a what? A sound. Jesus had talked to Nicodemus about it. He said, hey, everyone that's born of the Spirit, there's going to be a sound. The wind blows and you can't, you, can't, no, you can't see where it's coming from. You can't see where it's going, but you can hear the sound. Everyone that's born of the Spirit, there's going to be a sound. He said, and there, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There is a sound that happens when you're born of the Spirit. There is a sound that happens. The Bible says that they heard them speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I'm thankful that if you've said the sinner's prayer, I'm thankful if you've come and, and, and you've committed your life to God, but Jesus said, that's not enough. You've got to be born again. You've got to be born again. And he said, there's something that happens when you're born again. When you're filled with his spirit, there's a sound that happens. And in, in, in the Bible, in the New Testament, that sound was that they begin to speak with a new tongue. Acts chapter 2 and verse 12 through 21. You can get ready, Brother Austin. 
the Bible says, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meanest this? Said others, the mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, "Ye men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known to you and hearken unto me, unto my words. These are not drunk, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day." He said, "But this is that. This is that. I don't know what you've been looking for. I don't know where you've looked for it at." Come on, you might have been looking for it last night in a bottle. You might have been looking at it in somebody's bed. You might have been looking for it in a drug, in a pill. I don't know where all you've been looking for it. But I've come to tell somebody that this is that. Come on, what you've been looking for is here this morning. That thing that has left you empty, that spot in your heart that you've been empty and broken, I've come to tell somebody that this is that. He said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. Shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. One more scripture. Acts chapter 10. Verse number 44. Up to this point in time, the only people that had received the Holy Ghost that had received God's Spirit in their life were the Jews. The people that Jesus came to initially. But there began to be a revival that began to break out. And all of a sudden there was, there was Gentiles that were being filled with God's Spirit. In Acts 10 and 44, it says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. This means it came with Peter. See, there, Peter brought some other Jews with him. And when they seen these Greeks, they seen these, these uncircumcised, they seen these Gentiles were, were filled with God's Spirit. It, it astonished them. Because of the, that, that the, on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Look at this next statement. Look at this next sentence. He said, he said the, the gift of the Holy Ghost has been poured out on them. How did they know that? He said, because we've heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that he should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. I've come to tell somebody that you've got to be born again. You've got to be born again. I've told you about all the things that God wants to do in your life. I've told you about how God wants to change your life and transform you. But I've come to tell you, for that to happen, you've got to be born again. It's You can't live in your own life. You can't live in your as your old man. But Jesus said, if you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven, if you're going to be a part of what I'm doing, if you're going to be a part of my kingdom, you've got to be born again. 
But I've come to tell you what Peter told them when they said, what do we got to do? He said, you got to repent. Everyone in this place, if you can, stand with me right now. He said, you got to repent of your sins. That's a turning away from what I've been doing. Does that mean I'm going to be perfect? No. We fall and we sin and and it doesn't matter how long you've walked with God, you're going you're gonna to make mistakes. But it's, it's a turning away from that old man saying, you know what, I was going this way. My attention, my focus was on the world and on what I wanted to do. But I'm making a conscious decision today to quit walking this way. And I'm turning towards God and I'm going to walk towards God. He said, you got to repent. He said, you got to be baptized in the name of of Jesus Christ. Everywhere in the New Testament where they were baptized, they were baptized in Jesus' name. If you haven't been baptized this morning, you've got to be baptized. It's a commandment. It's not something we do as just a religious ceremony. It's not something that we do so we can just take pictures and bring our family and say, hey, I was baptized. No, the Bible says you've got to be baptized and you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you want to be baptized this morning, you can be baptized. You can go down in water and every sin that you've ever committed can be washed away this morning. He said, and then you're going to, and then you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I heard somebody one time say, well, the Holy Ghost is just a gift. It's not salvation. It's just a gift. Well, last time I checked, my salvation was a gift. I didn't earn my salvation. Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, is the sign that God gave to show us that His Spirit has come and lived in our lives. The Bible says that the, that the tongue is unruly above every member. So He said, you know what I'm going to do when my Spirit takes over your life? I'm going to take the thing that's the most unruly in your life, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to take control of it. And you begin to speak in a language that you don't know. And God fills you with his presence. And God fills you with his Holy Ghost. And that righteousness, that peace, that joy that comes with it, it'll flood into your life. You can have it this morning. You can have it this morning. I ask everyone in this building, if you're comfortable, why don't you come this morning? If there's somebody beside you, maybe they're a new, they're a visitor, why don't you ask them, hey, can I bring you with me? Come on, can I? I I've come to invite you to the party. I've come invite you to the party because God wants to do something in your life. Come on church help me this morning. Help me this morning. Come on God wants to change somebody's life this morning. Come on God wants to set somebody free this morning. Come on church find somebody to pray with. Find somebody to pray with right now. Come on there's people here that are hungry. Find somebody to pray with. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come on, somebody say yes to him this morning. Somebody say yes to Jesus this morning.